Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to episode two of ADHD Chatter, my podcast where I hope to speak to as many people as possible who are living with ADHD in an attempt to break apart the stigma and try and present a more balanced narrative around what it's like to live with ADHD. This week, I speak to a remarkable person called Josh White. Josh is the co-founder of a company called Cano Water. Cano Water is doing amazing things. It's trying to revolutionize the plastic water bottle industry by presenting an alternative, a aluminium canned water. And they're, they're generating millions of pounds. They're in loads of supermarkets. Josh is in the Forbes 30 under 30. But he's also very open about he's open about his successes and he's also very open about the struggles that he's had. And that, that was the, the, the parts of the conversation that I found, found really interesting. He is incredibly transparent about everything. Um, I'll let the conversation speak for itself. If you are listening to this, could you do me a huge favor? If you're on YouTube, could you please subscribe? If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or anywhere else, if you could just find the follow button or leave a five-star rating, whatever it is on any of those platforms. I'm not sure that would be massively helpful. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode. Hello, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on to ADHD Chatter. I've been really looking forward to this conversation because I think we've got a fair bit in common. We're, we've both gone down the entrepreneurial route. We both had various personal successes and, and personal struggles as well. And of, and of course, we both got ADHD. So I think I was really looking forward to seeing what else we have in common. Um, just, I really, really wanted to start with an interesting question. And it's the one I've been asking myself is, based on sort of what you know about ADHD now, what would you say is your earliest experience or memory of you displaying traits of ADHD yeah thank you for having me Alex very excited to uh to be on the podcast um yeah do you know what I've um I'm an early uh, an early adopter of ADHD so I got diagnosed when I was about um 11 years old but I um I could go back to probably when I was sort of three or four and recognizing that I was, I was different. I was always, um, I was always needing more. I think that was like my first sign of, of ADHD and also sort of always wanting attention. I think that's something that is, is something that I noticed at a very, very young age. I was always, uh, screaming louder and that sort of that class clown mentality that I had when I was at school always sort of showed up in my early um early life you know it is one of those that classic thing if if someone jumped down the stairs like five steps i would need to jump 10. <laughs> so it's like i've always i've always noticed that i was very different to my peers from a very young age yeah i suppose the the traits or the, the sort of stereotype of adhd is 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 there it kind of sounds like you had perhaps some of the 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 obvious signs of it um the you had the hyperactivity the you said you wanted to be like the class clown is that, is yeah, that what you said? yeah 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 always wanted to be there i was yeah. always like the naughty one at school <laughs> mm. 
it's so interesting because I'm I'm the opposite. Um, I never displayed any of those. I was always like quite internalized and often, uh, you know, a de- bit of a daydreamer. And I was never really yeah. what you're talking about. Your how you just uh, presented with it, I suppose. So it's interesting to see how it how it shows up in in various people. And um, what would what would your school reports look like? Terrible. I mean, it was. It's funny. I was. I was always. <laughs> I was always quite. Uh, quite wild. My parents told me that when I was younger, all the kids would just sort of be uh, playing happily. And they once uh, on a family holiday, when I was probably about seven or eight, they had to block me in with some beds because I was just trying to run around all over the place. I've always been sort of very hyper very sort of um, noticeably different. And I think school was extremely tough for me. Um, You know, I had severe anxiety from a very young age. I wasn't happy. I would, you know, my ADHD, I'd be really, really erratic and and, and mental. And then like an hour later, I would uh, have like a terrible sort of come down type of feeling of like being very sort of low and sad and fearful but I think that you know what one one of the things that I noticed is that I I, I try to I, I wouldn't say I try to hide it but I try to hide my vulnerability so I always wanted people to see this this crazy side of me because I never wanted anyone to sort of see the the true side which was actually a very scared little boy who was um, had a lot of internal issues and a lot of it stemmed from fear. So my school reports were always very uh, nice kid, you know, got a great heart. I was never like a bad, horrible person, but I was just very wild and I wanted everyone to laugh at me and find me funny. And I also wanted everyone to be my friend. I think that a lot of these things were were, were big things for me with ADHD is that I um, I sort of, I had this, this front, I was wearing this mask, um, but behind it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't great. It was. Uh, it was actually quite. Um, it was quite sad, actually, when I look back at, at my sort of my early. I would say. Anything from sort of ten to fifteen um, was, was quite was quite um, quite tough for me. You mentioned masking. That's a really interesting thing. I'm trying to get my head around still and. Do you think that when you were going through those periods of sort of trying to project a different version of how you felt inside, it was a massive conscious effort to to act in a different way? Or did you find it, it sort of came naturally depending on the situations you were in? Yeah, I think that it is funny, actually, because... I think I'm really good at this now. I'm very good at sort of being, you know, like in different areas um, of life, I can adapt quite well. And I think that's something that I always was a negative in my early ADHD world, but it's a positive now in my business sort of entrepreneurial journey where I can adapt in in, in different sort of um, situations. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's it to point out is that when I first got diagnosed with ADHD when I was 11, it was all just negative. You know, everything was negative, negative, negative. Whereas now I've learned, obviously, how to how to do, you know, how, how to adapt to it and bring a, a bit more of a positive light into situations. But if I look at my early childhood, that masking, uh, it was hard because I knew me as the person, I knew that it wasn't real. You know, I knew that I would have to put on this front all day um, and then I'd come home and I'd be sitting in my own thoughts and my own, you know, self and um, isolation. And it was, you know, that that was a horrible time for me at that age. You know, I I actually hated being by myself. uh, And I think that my ADHD really... Uh, projected that in, in in all honesty I always needed to be around people you know that that was a lot that was that was down to my insecurities which I definitely think that my ADHD enhanced it sort of made my brain um, work in so many different ways with thoughts I think that uh, you know that's something that I, I, I learned at a very young age is that I'd look around the room and people would just be just dealing with the now but I would be dealing with 
the past, the present and the future all at once. <laughs> and that's something that has very much been part of my uh, my journey of how do I just live in now, right now, and not project into the future or or sort of worry about uh, what what's happened in the past. It's amazing advice. And I think I heard you say similar on, uh, on, in a, in the, on the quarter life crisis where yeah. you were talking about how to avoid I think you were talking about how to avoid burnout and and overwhelm and and it's the advice to essentially try and just live in the day and don't think too much about a big future goal just try and break it down and do it sort of day by day and that's the um that was the key takeaway I took away from from that interview um when you were younger because I'm trying to learn as much as I can about ADHD in a very short period of time and, and see the relatabilities between sort of my own experience and others. Did you, were you very sensitive to rejection as a child? And I mean, I'll talk about your, the, the, the childhood, but were you, were you sensitive to a, to rejection when you were growing up and, and are you still now, would you say? Enormously. I mean, it's literally the story of my life. You know, the smallest things can really, really affect me, really affect me, you know. And to normal uh, people, that just they just get on with it. Um, but I, get, I can get very, very sensitive over the smallest things. And even things that I might perceive as, as rejection, um, but aren't to the everyday person. Um, I think that as a kid, I, um, I would never put myself in situations because I was so scared of the rejection. So I think that I, I would just hide from it. And if I thought that there was any, if, if, if rejection had a part to play in any scenario, I would just, um, I would hide from it as, 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 as hard as I could. So I think that that's something that is, is, is actually very interesting because I tend to, I'm a, I'm a big people watcher. You know, I like, I like watching people. I like learning from others. And, you know, I've got a lot of friends um, and I look at them in certain situations and it baffles me sometimes how people can just be rejected or spoken to in a certain way um, and just literally just, 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 just get over it like that. Whereas for myself, it's a process. I definitely think I've got a lot better at it. It's funny, I'm severely colorblind and I have been my whole life. And um, I've just learned how to deal with it, you know? So I might look at a color and I might know that, um, that, I, that it isn't the, what I perceive it as or what you might see it as, um, but I've sort of learned my way around it. And it's very, very similar with ADHD. I think when something happens or when something used to happen, I would just jump at it. So I would get either really, really angry or really, really sad. And it, I would just go from zero to 100 real quick. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the anger iceberg, but you know you can go from here to here so quick, but what's underneath it? And there's all these fear, rejection, um, anger, and all these things underneath it. So what I'm much better at today in a scenario is looking at that iceberg of instead of going all the way up to the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg, um, how do I look at what's actually sort of generating these feelings? Um, and I'm a lot better. So in scenarios now, I actually will take a few seconds, I'll pause and I will think, is this just me and my ADHD uh, or am I feeling fearful or this? And what are the underlying um, defects of character that, 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 I, uh, that I'm aligning these two and uh, that are making me feel this certain way so yeah it, it, rejection is it's a really good one that you mentioned actually because it's uh, it's been a huge part of my experience of um of, of dealing with something that uh, ultimately can can lead me into a really fearful place it's like i'm 
listening to myself and every time I have these conversations I I sort of get that experience and I and that's another thing I'm color blind as well I'm just on an off topic so that was the, the, the list of what we have in common is growing and it's so true you you I look back in my past and I, I see situations and I can think way back when I was in sort of preschool and you know a teacher telling me off or the sort of sense of injustice and the internalized rage and you just go into a corner and isolate yourself until you calm down and now I'm like you said you've got that self-awareness as you get a little bit older um but when you look back you can sort of see when you didn't have that self-awareness or I can that that can really if it's not understood can cause big problems in relationships at work um just general day to day because actually if someone gives you a criticism or says something that isn't amazingly positive it's quite often with good intention but I take it and it sounds like you take it as as a dagger to the heart and it can really knock you off for the for the whole day or even the week um but yeah what you said is really useful um for me and hopefully others to really have that iceberg and to say and to really step back and when you're in the moment it's 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 easier said than done to not get that feeling of injustice and internalized rage or I don't know if you feel the same but that's kind of what I get and it can really knock me off but actually knowing that self-awareness and then going is this something to do with my character defect which is how I respond to criticism which actually might be just in this instance um, or is this person genuinely being nasty and more often than not it's it's the first one um yeah man super relatable super relatable and then you've obviously gone into business which is so impressive and I see it often with with um, the people I'm speaking to on this podcast and just generally um, in the neurodivergent spaces people are drawn towards the entrepreneurial endeavor and you you've done that as well what would you think is the the traits the character traits the positives that have a drawn you to that lifestyle and b assisted you in it yeah it's it's funny because as a kid if you had sort of said to someone that i would be spoken in the same sentence as the words you know entrepreneur business owner um founder i think that people would never have believed it um my you know it's it's quite funny i have never gone down the conventional route of anything in my life ever i've always wanted different things to what other people have wanted i've always been a little bit more creative in the sense of you know doing my own thing sometimes people think i'm crazy and wacky in certain aspects uh you know and i think that when when I, when I so when I left school, um, everyone went into you know becoming you know going on their business journey, whether that be in like property or recruitment or banking or you know their university you know uh, degree that that type of lifestyle. Whereas I went into DJing, you know I think that it was a little bit of a it was quite embarrassing, but at the same time I really liked it. Embarrassing from the perspective of I thought that you know at the time what would people think of me but I'm doing this because I because this is what I love and one of my things with ADHD and I've always had this issue and it's something that you know most people with ADHD can probably relate with is the concentration I find it extremely hard to concentrate when doing things that I don't enjoy um so in class if it was like an English class or a history class I would just I would just turn off I physically it wasn't that I wanted to turn off it was that I physically couldn't um concentrate because it just wasn't interesting me but if i was in art um which i was obsessed with i would be i would be in i'd be 100 percent there listening um hyper focusing in on it so art and music were my thing and i went on to do um a degree in sculpture and was very into you know into art but then like most people with ADHD, that didn't last. And then I wanted to become a music producer and then that didn't last. And most of my, <laughs> most of my journey was uh, starting, stopping, starting, stopping. Um, but at 19, I started an events business and became completely and utterly obsessed with, um, with doing something that I enjoyed around like building a, a brand 
and um, and speaking to people. And I think that was the first time ever that I had this like obsessive compulse, like this like obsessive nature of um, trying to make something work. And um, I had it with DJing as well. Like when I DJ to a crowd, like let's just say of like a thousand, ten thousand people, the feeling that I get is 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 like you're on, you know, on, on a high like no other. And I think that it's like a dopamine high that you're always chasing. Um, it's a positive one, you know, that, that's the thing about, about these things is it's a positive dopamine high. Um, and you, you know, you look up and you look around and you see that people are there for you. So I think that was my, my first experience um, of, of, of wanting to be something and be great. And I've always been obsessed with trying to do good and be better, um, whether that's helping people um, or sort of raising awareness, whether it be ADHD, addiction, all these other types of things. So I think that as a founder, um, I naturally gravitated to it because I wanted to have my mark. I wanted to like sort of have my print on something and it doesn't, working for someone, which I've done before, I don't have that excitement that I that I do for like my own baby and growing it myself. You know, it's uh, it's it's just it's something that's ingrained in me to feel proud and to concentrate a hundred percent of my efforts on something that I started myself. And I think that's where you know that's where a real positive comes into place because it's. Uh, it's this hyper-focused mentality that we have with ADHD where we become completely obsessed with trying to make something work. And also, one, one thing I will actually say as well is that we're so used to, as people with ADHD, as being looked at as people that, uh, that have an illness, that have a disease, or that aren't, uh, that, that aren't great etc oh you you know for me at, at 11 it was always all the teachers like you've got adhd you've got adhd it was always something that they always put it towards oh it's all right you know you've got adhd so i think that that also that one of my hyper focuses it has always been proving that i can do it which is actually something that helped in the early days of starting can water because i wouldn't take no as an answer yeah 100 percent. and i can see the the when you said you would you completely zone out and just find it impossible to do something that you you're not interested in and and i know that is a common just a human trait but i think with people of adhd it's it's really extreme like it's not a case of we just don't want to do it we can't do it because um we we're not interested in it and it's like if you know if a kid isn't good at maths for example don't pay extra money to give him math extra math lessons it's don't try and fit a, a you know a square peg into a round hole and yeah. you, you talk about your djing the sort of the thing that you found that gives you that huge rush um for me it was social media for you it was djing for some people it's art um it could be racing driving but there's a trend that i've noticed with people with adhd that they they stumble across something and it kind of unlocks this passion. And sometimes that's the thing that they stick at and become world beating world class at it. Um, I think I was speaking to a chat called Matt Gupwell and he was, he had a really interesting theory because he like yourself and I have, I think have had our history of, um, we've had a up and down relationship with alcohol in the past. Um, yeah. And his theory was that we get such an intense flood of dopamine with the thing that we find. For me, it was social media. For you, it was DJing and, and, and now other things. Um, and when we step away from that thing, we're in this space where we're so unfulfilled and yeah. bored of the, the world when we're not in 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 that hyper focus and that obsession of whatever it is that makes our brain fire up um so we we turn if we're if we're not careful we can turn to alcohol or we can turn to binge eating or we can turn to other things that give us a an unhealthy rush um, of dopamine um i mean if you've been through that journey right like as i have in the past with with realizing the relationship with alcohol is 
is a troublesome one for for us yeah definitely so it's funny you say that because i had a um you know i have been in recovery for the past 17 years and um when i was um from the age of 12 to 15 i um developed a, uh, quite a bad alcohol addiction um that that usually you know doesn't happen that young but for myself it did um and by 15 i had um gone into a re re uh, rehabilitation center and i started to work the 12 steps um, and attend alcoholics anonymous meetings and um one of the things um, that I did in rehab that was incredibly powerful is um, an exercise about the consequences of my addiction. And one of the things that I remember doing was talking about how uh, when I stopped DJing, because um, I started DJing at the age of 10 years old, it was something that I was completely obsessed with from a, from a young age. Um, but when I, when I stopped DJing, uh, my alcohol use got, got quite quite severe. Um, DJing has always been, and, and after my, uh, it's actually been the DJing and Cano as well uh, have actually been two things that have kept me, you know, in a, in a really, really good place. Um, having a hobby is something that I think is incredibly powerful and incredibly important, especially one that is, um, you know, that, that sort of stimulates your mind and gets you, you know, gets you excited and, 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 and helps you with that sort of that dopamine here. I mean, I could literally just be listening to a new song and just feel in, in another world. Um, but my, you know, my addiction was, you know, ADHD and addiction are, are incredibly close to each other. You know, I have many friends within um, Alcoholics Anonymous who are, um, you know, who have, who have ADHD. It's something that, that is very, very close. I think that similar to ADHD, um, we, we crave that dopamine. It's the exact same thing with, with addiction. It's like, you need something. Um, for me today, it is um, work and gym. Um, and, you know, maybe a few holidays with my fiance, you know, here and there that sort of, that, that get me in, in, into that mode. But in my early years, um, it was it was very much, you know, it, it was alcohol and it wasn't just and this is where ADHD isn't good with addiction, because mixing a wild child with alcohol, you know, is, is not a good combination. So it was really, really painful um, for me when I was younger, because I didn't know why. I was doing the things that I that I did, you know, that, that, that that's the truth. I didn't understand why. And I was on medication at the time for ADHD and I was drinking on the medication, which isn't, you know, it, it's not, not very good to do. Um, and it was just a combination of terribleness, basically, um, if that's even a word. And I think that that, you know that 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 that, that it, it, in essence caused uh, terrible grief, and I ended up in a in a bad place. But I actually look back now and think that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me, um, because getting clean at such a young age, especially when I you know attend AA and see you know many people that are dealing with it now in their you know their forties, fifties, or, or or beyond. You know, I'm very, very fortunate that I could get cleaner um, at the age of fifteen, and you know, work an incredible program that that actually helps your mind as well. Which within ADHD, we all know our, our minds can be frazzled and all over the place. So, I definitely think there's a link there. I think there's a link, and I don't know if there's been any any studies, but you know, the more time that I spend with people in recovery, the more I hear that ADHD and addiction are, are, are work alongside each other. Thanks for being so open. I mean, I I, I, I can see a link, uh, even if it's just an observational one. Um, like yourself, I've been to AA meetings and done the 12-step step program, and it's a common thing that gets mentioned, uh, ADHD. I mean, not everyone, obviously, who has ADHD is going to have a drinking problem, but there seems to be a lot of people who have a drinking problem that have ADHD. I think we we feel things like a lot stronger than 
than most people I think you know we feel the ha the happiness we feel the creativity a lot stronger we feel the sadness we feel the boredom a lot stronger we 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 everything is too extreme with us we can be hugely yeah. creative we can be hugely energetic hugely good at a ton of things but then it can swing back the other way if we're not careful and and I think as we get a bit older we get that awareness to, to spot the the moments where it's swinging the other way um you I was a little bit later than you I was in my sort of 20 26 27 when I realized that I was had a problematic relationship with alcohol and um and it, funnily enough it was when I got uh when I had my social media business uh taken away from me and I had to fight in the courts to get it back and you know yeah. so it's kind of goes along with that theory if I had that dopamine uh tap taken away from me like you had the um sure. the, the DJing stopped and yeah. you suddenly had to sort of find it elsewhere um and you're not the only person I've spoken to who said similar. So I'm really seeing this trend where we've had this, we've found this thing that's given us huge enjoyment, huge dopamine on tap. It gets, we stop it or we, it gets taken away or, and then we, we go to alternative sources. It's super interesting. Um, the more I learn about these, these ideas and, and why, we we do things in certain ways i mean your your business now can of water is is um really impressive and and you you um are you the you're one of the co-founders yes and are you like um what's your what would you say your sort of day-to-day -day role in the business is so my role currently is marketing director and co-founder okay so are you you're a creative mind do you, do you come do you come with like the the marketing campaigns um do you enjoy thinking of the the, the fun ideas that, that are gonna are gonna make the business look good and, and sort of go viral yeah for sure so you know whether it be sort of creative ideas execution you know working with the team on on planning you know i, I get very excited about new and innovative um ideas things that you know, people might have not done. Um, and, you know, that comes from a lot of sort of brainstorming sessions. Um, you know, we've just brought on some agencies to sort of help take that to the next level, um, which, you know, I, I find, especially, you know, on the topic of ADHD and brainstorming and um, bounce, you know, bouncing um, off of off of other people. I think that that's something that I, that I absolutely love. I love being in a room with people, visual learning, sort of like um, talking and, and, and coming up with different creative ideas. I think that's something that I, I, I get very excited about, um, you know, with, with my team for sure. But then, you know, just like sort of like founder duties as well. So like raising awareness of why aluminium is, uh, is better than plastic, you know, this isn't can of water isn't your conventional brand. We've been drinking out of, um, out of plastic bottles for the past 30, 40 years. And um, I, I, I just love, you know, I, I love educating people and talking to people about why uh, aluminium is better, uh, you know, why it's infinitely recyclable. It gives me a buzz. It's funny, I, I could stand in the street for 10 hours just talking to people about cano. Um, most people would find it daunting or absolutely hate that. Um, but I, I love just, um, you know, I love just sort of talking to people and explaining people. And that's something that, you know, I've, I've sort of seen in the past sort of three, four years is, is a big strength of mine. Um, uh, is just sort of raising awareness and building the brand from nothing to, you know, to something. I think that it's um you know it won't always be me who's sitting in this seat you know mm -hmm. because there's 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 definitely better people out there who uh, from a marketing perspective um have got some you know some greater tools than i do but i think that what i've uh, what i have really enjoyed especially from a founder piece is just being part of this movement and uh, going up against the, you know the big powerful brands who don't necessarily give you the honest, um, you know, the most honest answers to uh, to the questions. It's so, so interesting, and I think the the strengths you mentioned there um, are so powerful and so valuable to a business. You sort of bring a, a new way of thinking to the table, and 
a, a topic that I think you've, I don't know if you've spoken about it before, but the, the idea of having amazing intuition and being able to, to be aware if someone's not being genuine and picking up on someone's, I suppose, true colors. Um, I saw, a, I think, a meme on Instagram the other day, and it was from an ADHD influencer, and they said, I'm able to spot, I'm able to know who the killer is in the first episode of a new series I'm watching, and it annoys my partner, and loads of like likes and loads of comments, and everyone's, and lots of people say, yeah, that's, I can, I can, I've, I know when someone's a wrong before I see their mugshot on the news, yeah. for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, that, that intuition that I, I related with, and is that, I can see that being a massive strength in both personal and professional life. It's almost like a defense mechanism. You're aware of danger because you've got this hyper, high, heightened sense of yeah. um, awareness and, and maybe you just pick up on like body movements or micro movements or facial expressions a little bit more accurately than, than some people do. Is that something you like can relate with at all? Yeah, massively. I mean, you sort of just answered the question but, but very, very well because it's basically what I was going to say. Um, I think that because we hyper-focus on things, we notice things a lot better than, than, than others. Um, I have always thought that I am a very good sort of judge of character and I've sort of uh, been right in loads of scenarios. Listen, I'm not always right um, and I'm not perfect and um, I'm no angel either. Um, but it's definitely, definitely something that has worked both inside uh, business and outside of business where I've used my intuition um, on, on, on certain, you know, on, on, on certain things. And I've been right, um, mainly because, as you just said, you could we, we spot things, you know, the things that a lot of people don't usually look for because they're not focusing on it we are always, always focusing on it. And um, I mentioned before, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a people watcher. I'm always watching people. And, you know, part of my role at Can Water as well within brand and marketing is obviously making sure that, um, you know, that, that, that we know our audience, we know, you know, people. So when we do sampling sessions, I'll regularly watch the people that take, take cans and, I see how they react and I will sort of, even as a DJ as well, I, I remember if I'm DJing to a thousand people, I need to, I look, one of my biggest strengths is I look into the crowd and I instantly know what that crowd wants just by watching their, their body language, even from like the clothes that they're wearing and like these small little things, I straight away can be like, all right, I know the type of crowd that this is. Um, and I, and you know what? Nine times out of 10, um, I get it right uh, because it's just, you know, it, it's about this sort of like, I will just draw, like drum in on this, uh, on, on the, the smallest little things and be like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. I know what that is. I know what that wants. And so I, 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 it is definitely, definitely a strength. And I've actually, I've always thought about it, but you, you, you spoke about it in a really, really good way um, and articulated it very well. Uh, but it's definitely, definitely something that, and it's funny because there's so many traits within ADHD. It's not just like one thing. There's so many. And only recently have I started to be a lot more um, grateful to have ADHD because because of social media. And this is where social media, I think, is really, really positive um, because there's there's quite a few negatives. But from a positive standpoint, I think the education piece is massive. You know, you've got so many... Um, ADHD pages where, you know, uh, there's insights on, on things that, that, that you're always going to have that moment of, oh my God, I do that. You know, I never knew that was an ADHD trait. Um, and I think that that's, that's so powerful because it, the most horrible thing about having any form of illness or mental health, um, you know, um, issue is, with with anything in life is is the is the not knowing and i think that's the scariest part like there are certain things that i'll do sometimes where i'll be having a conversation and i'll forget a word and i genuinely cannot remember what the word is of something and um 
it's really affected me because I'll be in really high um, quality, like, you know, really big business meetings and I'll just be talking and I'll just forget. I'll know what the meaning of the word is, but I won't remember the actual word. And um, I read recently that that is also a trait of ADHD. So I think that, you know, you learn so many of these things. And I think that that's what's so powerful is that when you've learned it, you actually, and you're aware of it, you then can start to sort of play on it and remember, you know, oh, okay, that's, that's a very nice thing to sort of to have is when you're in the know of why you do something. It's horrible to not be in the know. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I think what you were describing there is, is essentially what I think the medical community call working memory. Um, and yeah, it is, it is, can be quite bad with people with ADHD. But it's, again, it's one of those things that once you understand and you're aware that that is slightly a, a pitfall that you might experience, and there's, there's things you can put in place to help navigate, navigate around it. You know, I can walk into a room sometimes and forget why I walked in, or like you said, yeah. uh, be mid-sentence in a meeting, and I forget a word that I use every day of my life and then it comes back to me later and yeah it's 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 a it's a real thing like and it's people with ADHD do struggle with working memory for example you um you know it's quite normal to go into a supermarket and know that you've got to buy 15 or 10 bits of ingredients to make a curry whereas if I go into a supermarket unless I've got a list in front of me that is really clear I'm not going to know what those 10 things are um the amount of times I've walked into a supermarket and just gone what am I doing here and you just get completely overwhelmed and you end up buying a ready meal or going back and ordering a takeaway. Yeah, um, but you know, it's just one of those things and you've got to, once you get the self-awareness, you can sort of laugh at those situations because with, with, with situations like that, on the flip side, there's, there's amazing positives. Going back to the intuition thing, you know, 7%, I think it's 7% of communication is verbal. And I think we're really, really good at picking up on the 93% that isn't spoken. Um, like I mentioned, the, the, you know the micro body movements tone of voice body posture facial expressions all these things that as you said earlier it's not often people pay attention to and people just take the spoken word as face value whereas for me it's been a massive defense mechanism and it served me really well in my personal life and business life um i'll be i'll have a conversation with someone and then i'll go oh you're you're not genuine there or you've got a oh you know you've got an agenda here or you're trying to do something bad to me or all this kind of stuff and and um yeah it's really fascinating just to end with i suppose and it's a topic that i'm fascinated by and you said earlier you're getting married soon which congratulations by the way um adhd and relationships it's it's a huge topic you could probably do a whole episode on it um massive strengths and, and probably a few weaknesses in in maintaining a relationship um how has it played a factor, do you think, in your relationships in the past or how, you know, how has it, how, how has it been a, a positive in your, in your current relationship? Yeah, I think, do you know what, I think in my current relationship, and I always say this to my fiance, she has the best version of me. Um, I think that, um, you know, I, I've always been a relationship person and, um, I've learned a lot about myself and I think that's incredibly important, you know, to, to anyone listening is that, you know, what I would notice is I would go from one relationship and then to the other and some of the, um, some of the issues from that relationship might carry into the next one. And it's incredibly important that when your partner turns around and says that you're acting a certain way, it's very important to, to, to remember if it's happened in the past, it's probably a you thing and that it, is, uh, it isn't a them thing. It probably is, uh, is something that, that you need to, to look at. So, you know, I, I've, I've worked for many, many years on myself. And if you sort of look at it a bit like a, like a garden, um, if the garden is uh, messy and all the weeds are, um, you know, are not great and you haven't watered your plants and everything's just uh, looks terrible and if someone's going to walk into the garden and say this is disgusting you need to sort it out um, I've definitely been watering the plants for you know the good part of 10 to 12 years so as a person today I've definitely blossomed and my garden's looking a lot prettier than it did um, but if I don't uh, work on myself and if I don't remember all the sort of the negative traits and uh, don't sort of consider myself as perfect, um, what will happen is, is that those weeds will come back. And um, 
I think that that's it. I look at it the whole time. I just water my plants as, as, as much as I can. And if my fiance says to me, uh, you're acting in a certain way, I will try my absolute best today to, to, to look at myself and correct it. Um, otherwise, I will just go back into old behavior. And I think that's saying it that I've learned about growth is, you know, you can't really grow if you're not willing to sort of work on, you know, work on yourself and work on the things that, you know, that, 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 are, that are holding you back. So I definitely think that ADHD in my, uh, in, in, in a lot of my relationships have held me back enormously. Um, and it's quite funny. I've, um, you know, I, uh, I look back and, you know, I, I'm actually, I've got good relationships with, uh, with my past, um, you know, my past partners as friends, you know, there's no sort of, uh, you know, there's no, um, there's no issues in this, you know, I, I've always sort of tried to make sure that, you know, that there's no sort of bridge that, you know, broken bridges. And I think that, um, that is, that's incredibly important to me because I, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. But uh, I've definitely worked on myself and I'm able to be, you know, a, the best version of me today. Uh, but it is very hard. It's very hard, uh, ADHD and relationships. And I think that anyone that's, that's sort of listening, I think that, you know, just by doing a Google search, you can probably find some really sort of good information out there that can help you if you're in a relationship and you're, you're doing certain things that you can sort of be like, okay, this is, you know, this is this is me and you know you can explain to your partner and 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 show them that if you do certain things maybe there's 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 a way around it a way they can maybe help you as well but yeah it's it's listen even in my relationship today you know i'm not perfect i'm still you know i i i'll leave clothes on the floor and completely forget that they're on the floor <laughs> you know it's those those types of things that are typical addiction uh, i keep saying it, typical adhd um, traits that, um, you know, I always, you know, I always, uh, try my absolute hardest to, um, to, to sort of get over those hurdles and, and just remember that, cause you can sometimes punish yourself, can't you? Like you can say like, Fuck, why have I done this again and again and again? Um, but I think just, just accepting it and correcting it is, is the way forward. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, and everything you just said is, is so accurate and goes back i suppose to that point of having the self-awareness based on previous experiences you can easily think back maybe to one of your first relationships and and um before maybe you had the the understanding of rejection sensitive dysphoria for example and or you know if you're hyper focused so you might be ignoring your partner um and all these things can cause conflict and sure. and um, and arguments if they're just taken on face value without the understanding of ADHD and the context of ADHD. And again, like you said earlier, I suppose going back to that iceberg, and if 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 your partner says the tiniest thing which you perceive as a criticism, and you know maybe there's a drink involved as well, or maybe there isn't, or maybe you can really lash out. Um, and and a huge argument can happen, but with you have, when you have that understanding in the context of ADHD, again, like you said, you can step back, and 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 create much healthier relationships with that with that context. I think that's that's everything, Josh. I think that's it's been it's been really really interesting to talk to you. I, I, I've learned again so much every time I speak to someone on this podcast i come away with a better understanding and, and more context of how my brain works and thank you for being so honest and open with with your story is there anything else you wanted to mention um or talk about or or if someone wanted to find you online where could they go, yeah, no, go about to do that so grateful to be here um you know it's 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 a, it's a real breath of fresh air talking about you know something that is uh you know perceived as a, as a problem and, and, and talking about, you know, the positives and the, the, and the negatives about it, you know, that, that how amazing is, is it that we've got something that we all thought was really, really awful, but actually there are some real incredible benefits there um, and, and, and positives. 
Um, and I guess, yeah, if you want to find me, um, obviously, Josh underscore white one on, on Instagram. Um, and I'm always very open if anyone has any questions uh, regarding ADHD. Um, and, you know, from a, from a can of water perspective, you know, being a founder with ADHD can be very, very challenging. So, if, you know, there's any questions there, then I'm always very happy to answer. Brilliant. And um, yeah, just quick, I should have also said uh, some of the, I was focusing on the negatives of the relationships a bit just then as well. I think yeah. dating with someone of ADHD is going to be really fun. <laughs> it's going to be unpredictable. It's going to be very spontaneous. One day is not going to be the same for the other. Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride. Um, but no, thank you, Josh, so much for, for being so honest and, and open, as I said. Um, I think the listeners are going, to, are going to gain a lot. And yeah, I'd love to have you on again um, in the future at some sure. point and we can, um, we can catch up. Um, thank you so much Josh much appreciated no honestly Alex thank you thank you very very much really good to obviously I think what you're doing is great thank you thank you mate yeah the idea is to get a more balanced narrative around what it's like to, to live with ADHD there's so much yeah. binary content on social media it's either super amazing or it's super bad and the reality is it's often just somewhere in the middle you know and, and I think as you've said a number of times in this ch chat is as you as you get a little bit older you get that self-awareness to to take advantage of the strengths and to try and avoid some of the pitfalls and i think that it leans on us as our responsibility to share that knowledge to the younger generations so hopefully avoid them falling in some of the pitfalls and then they can take advantages of the strengths earlier on yeah no i completely agree even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.